Cheryl McNeil Fisher, Kathy King, and I want to welcome you to Writing Works Wonders. We thought it would be interesting to share with you why we transitioned from a Zoom call to a podcast and how we did it. This will be a short episode packed full of information, and you will be able to find resources and everything we talk about here today in our show notes on our website at www.writingworkswonders.com. Hi, Kathy. I am so glad we're doing this and uh, sharing with our listeners how we made the transition to a podcast from a regular Zoom call. So my two-part question is, why did you think it was possible and how did you know what to do? Well, the big thing about a podcast was that I was looking at, we were already creating the content in the community call. A podcast enables more people to be able to reach out and listen to it. It's not just the people on the call, but it's the people that are able to access it later on through directories, through the website, etc. And so take the recording from the call, edit it, put it on the podcast stream, And then you've got something that you're reusing your content or repurposing your content. You've got a much greater reach. The reason I knew how to do it was years ago, I was doing several podcasts and actually wrote books, articles, and did presentations and trained people on creating and editing podcasts. So I come with a long history of working with them and enjoying them. They have so many benefits for us. So can you explain exactly what is a podcast and what is involved? Sure. Some people listen to us live. They participate in the Zoom call. Some people might go to the website and click the episode and listen to it there. A podcast, though, is when they're strung together. I think of it as a pearl necklace. And so you have a pearl necklace And you have all these pearls tied together with a string. The episodes, each individual recording are those pearls. And the podcast is the entire necklace. So we keep adding another pearl to that necklace. Well, how does that get done in a practical way? What happens is we do the recording. Then Cheryl and I edit it by using different apps on our iPad, especially. But you could do it on a cell phone or computer. Then we upload it to a particular type of a server. At that point, we also put in show notes. That server takes that information and puts it into what's called a feed. It's the special code. Now that feed is picked up by Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Podcatcher, all these different directories that we told them about writing works wonders. So anytime somebody goes to those podcast directories and says, let me listen to Writing Works Wonders, they don't just get one episode, they get the whole feed, the whole pearl necklace, all those episodes strung together. And the newest episode is the one that comes up first. If an author wanted to start a podcast, what would be the first thing that you would suggest that they do? need a podcast host. 
they need a place that they're going to upload their MP3 file, their audio file, put their show notes in, and then that host, that platform will send that code out to all the podcast directories for them. We use Pinecast. It's a particular one, pinecast.com. There's hundreds of them, and they're very, very good, most of them. We use Pinecast because they're especially good for people with low vision. They've been very responsive to us and also the ACB community, and that's why we chose them. It's very inexpensive. You can also get a free account. And so all the work is done behind the scenes for you. Our work is not technical that we have to do to create the podcast feed. So that's other than recording, creating their content, recording, editing, all of those can be free apps for them to be able to do that. Then they need that platform where they upload their audio files to. They store them there and then it gets sent out and distributed for them. Right, and that's where they should consider how or where they're going to do their podcast from. And a headset is important too, don't you think? Absolutely. We experienced this ourselves. When I first started working with Cheryl, I didn't have my equipment I had used 15 years ago anymore. And I was just using an earbud that I had with my cell phone. Well, that gave terrible sound. And then I tried using the phone by itself and it was too echoey because I was recording in my open concept house so I moved to a back bedroom and then I got a headset and boy what a difference in the sound just simple changes in your location and a choice of a headset can make a huge difference especially if you're using voiceover to be able to assist you while you're recording and a lot of people could say well I'm blind Some people are totally blind and they can't, how can I do this? You guys have some sight. Maybe that's why you can do it. How would you explain to someone who is visually impaired and then also someone who is totally blind that they really can do this? I can totally understand the hesitancy. I only lost a severe part of my sight in February, just a few months ago, Cheryl. And until I started working with you, I didn't think I could do my technology work anymore. This motivated me to try to figure it out. And in fact, what we're talking about is we're using apps and software and platforms that all work with voiceover. And that's how we're doing the majority of our work. Cheryl's doing almost all her work with voiceover. I do some of mine, but everything else I do, I'm using an iPad and stretching it really big so I can see because I need to see like 40 point font for me to see, to give you an idea. So the iPad creates the ability to stretch things for me, but we're also making sure we're using everything that works with voiceover because I want Cheryl to be able to use the same applications I'm using. What would you suggest to authors about what types of interviews they could do or what if they don't want to interview? What if they only want to talk about their books? They're more apprehensive or they're more introverted. They want to get the message out there about their books. How long or short can they be? Oh, you can have so much fun with these, Cheryl. I hope people see that with what we do. And really, shorter is better. And that's why we have shifted with our podcast to breaking them into part one and part two 
We hope people enjoy that because podcasts really should be between 10 and at most 30 minutes. That's really what people are tend to be looking for in this forum. So short is great. People love it. They'll listen to a few of them instead of just one. What can you do? Oh, the sky's the limit. Here's a few ideas that I just thought of about possibilities for some of our authors. People love to get to know the authors they read better. So an introductory podcast, who you are, your background, where you grew up, why are you interested in writing? Why did you write the particular series you wrote or the books, the particular volumes you wrote? What led you to those? What do you like best about them? The typical sort of things that people ask authors. Answer those sort of questions. Do storytelling about yourself. People love to hear that. They love to learn about you. Also, what extra content could you give them about your books? What could you tell them? What else? There's a lot that we cut that we don't have room for when we're writing. Share with them some of the backstory or what else could have happened at the end. That would be kind of like bonus content. How fabulous that would be. And here's a really fun one. What about if you interviewed the characters in your books? Nobody else could do that but you, right? Nobody yeah. else. And they would absolutely love it. There's so many different possibilities of what you could do. Part of this is also, just frankly, your readers get to hear your voice. They get to know you better. And I know we heard it in the Patrick Taylor interview, people saying, Dr. Taylor, from now on, whenever I read your books, I'm going to hear your voice. And they were so pleased that they'd had that opportunity to hear him. Podcasting can be learning for all of us, but uh, I think watching or listening to some podcasts that maybe that authors do, and we have several of them, you can hear what intrigues you about what you're hearing from that author, and that's what you can bring into it. Start out with just a couple of minutes. Absolutely. And the other thing is, Cheryl, authors might think about, maybe I'll do releases, one or two episodes, whenever I release a book. Maybe I'll do five episodes, period. That's it. Maybe I'll do a set of 10. You don't have to do this forever. It's up to you. You're master of the universe in this area, just like you're master of the universe of your books. Did you ever think of that? You get to yeah. decide. You're creating. Right. You create the boundaries. You create the limits if you want them. You create the content, the whole thing. You are in control. And so you can be creative with it. You can explore new topics. You can invite people in and talk to other people as readers contact you. You can read what they've said on your podcast and interact with it, answer their questions. All sorts of possibilities, ways you could go with it. And your readers will get to know you better. And that will provide a basis for them to continue to reach out and explore the next book that you're writing, the next one, and look for those new volumes that you're publishing. What is the benefit of having podcasts out there rather than just some recordings on our site that people could click on and listen to? What is the benefit? Oh, there's so many benefits to that. I actually know an organization that's been doing recordings for a couple of years, and they've been posting them on their website, and they don't have any data as to how many people have been listening. They have no idea if one person 
or 3,000 have listened to each episode. With podcasts, you collect all that data. Now, you could collect that through a website that gathers statistics as well. But the benefit of putting it out on the podcast is that when you introduce it into all of these different podcast directories, people don't come to you. They're only going to one directory, and they might be listening to NPR and this and that, and they stumble across you. They weren't even looking for you. And now you've got somebody following you and listening, exploring your content and saying, huh, that's an interesting author. Let me pick up her book. What's that about, right? So it's a great opportunity to expand your reach. In addition, we upload a new episode on Sundays rather than clicking and going to the website and having to visit that to be able to listen. It's portable. It's on demand. They download it transparently and they take it with them. So whatever device that they use to listen to podcasts on, once they click on it, when they open up their podcast app again, automatically we'll pull in our newest episode for them as a free subscriber. Now they can be at the store, they can be in a bus headed to another location and say, hey, let me listen to this podcast. Click, oh, look, there's a new episode and they're listening to us. No internet connection, no cell connection even. But because the last time they connected, it downloaded it. When I used to do my podcasts years ago, even before iTunes had podcasts, if you can believe it, people used to stop and tell me, and they used to write to me and tell me, hey, Kathy, you go to the gym with me every day, and I'm riding the bike with you. You commute to work with me every day. You went on vacation with me. I'm like, this is amazing. But, you know, after a while, I got thinking, if I'm riding the bike with all these people in their cell phones, shouldn't I get some benefit and be losing weight as well? But it never seemed to work that way. But I went to a lot of gyms around the country and commuted to a lot of workplaces. It was really pretty funny. But you have the portability, you have anytime access, and it's on demand. That, that just doesn't happen if people have to keep coming to your website every time they want to listen. Great. Thanks, Kathy. So can people reach you, contact you about if they have any more questions about podcasting? Yes, we'd be very happy to talk to people. And please know Cheryl does this as well. She's very adept with it. Cheryl and I both do the technical aspects of the show. I just have more, a little more experience with podcasting. She's actually our graphics guru. I'd be glad to answer questions about podcasting. And in fact, we are in the works creating a small little book that will be available, Writing Works Wonders on Podcasting for Authors. And if there's interest, we'll create a short little audio series that would go along with it to help be a tutorial for people. See, this has been fun. I know people are, are going to be thrilled with hearing how we did the transition, how it works, how it happened. And hopefully this is going to motivate and encourage others. So thank you. Absolutely. We hope we can see more happening and people realizing this is within the realm of possibility for them. If not now, then in the future. Thanks, Cheryl. This was Thanks, a lot of fun. Kathy. Thank you. And thank you everyone for joining us at Writing Works Wonders. We hope that you feel encouraged and inspired. And we look forward to seeing you on our next episode of Writing Works Wonders.
Thank you for joining us today. Writing Works Wonders. Kathy and I are thrilled to spend time with you. Now tap on that button that says subscribe so you will not miss our show. We also have a donate button, and that's to help with the expenses that Kathy and I incur in order to keep this show and podcast going. There's a link there that you can tap on that will take you directly to our website at www.writingworkswonders.com. There you will find all the information we talked about today along with show notes and so much more. We want you to feel encouraged and inspired to know the wonder of writing. And until next time, our friends, keep on writing. expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.